Thanks for listening to The Issue Podcast. If you like what you hear, be sure to catch our new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. For more of The Issue and access to our top bets and fantasy updates, then subscribe to The Issue Miked Up. Link is on our website, which can be found in the bio of our Instagram, which is at the underscore issue podcast, and our Twitter, which is just at the issue podcast. New subscription episodes come out every Friday. Guys, thank you so much for listening to The Issue. You are now locked in and listening to The Issue. You look at this schedule. Find me the wins here. Find me the wins. You've got to be delusional if you think he's elite. Well, from what I'm seeing right now, he's a top 10 guy in this league, no doubt. Absolutely, I think they can be for a championship. I I don't even think that's a a debate I'm willing to, to have. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is Wednesday, December 15th. Another episode of The Issue. Luke and Tim got a lot to talk about today. A big, long three-segment episode. First one of those in a while. We have just a lot to get to you. Saturday NFL games coming up this week. You'll have predictions for that as well as our Thursday predictions like always. couple rants from Tim oh, as well. It's going to be good. I don't know why. I'm, just, I'm in one of those moods today where... There's just a couple things I'm seeing throughout the NFL, some patterns, and I'm excited to kind of point it out and show you a little bit where, you know, where it might be a little bit correct. Some realizations I had from uh, from this weekend in the NFL kind of got Carolina and, and the Giants absolutely killed me. Yeah. Um, so, and they're, they're, they're both win. kind of in like a similar state when you look at their organization. So I'll talk a little bit about that. Um, and we obviously, obviously we have our normal hits and misses, like you said, predictions and... Uh, it's, it's, it's gonna be a good good episode. No, yeah, it will uh, it will definitely be a good one. A lot of lot of good stuff to talk about. Um, yeah, guys, go subscribe. I guess to uh, the issue mic'd up. Um, yeah. You know, our link is on our website. Go do everything you need to for that. Um, you know, other than that, let's let's hop right into yeah. it. Great to have you in on a Wednesday. Let's let's just get right to what we need Ooh. to get to. All right, so oh, I just realized I have a window here too, so I can still check the weather for the next uh, next segment. But okay, so hits and misses, right? We'll start with a hit. Let's go with Tampa Bay. Uh, we had them as the number one rated NFL team going into week, what, what was that, 14 that we just saw there Yeah. Um, this past weekend. So going into week 14, we had them on our, as our number one rated team. Um, and they beat Buffalo. And Buffalo, Buffalo's a good team. I know that they're kind of on a slide right now, but Buffalo's a good team. And uh, Tampa Bay, they've been running the football. Brady looks accurate and comfortable as ever. Yeah. Um, he still has the arm, still can make all the throws. You see that bullet in the back of the end zone of Mike Evans? Yeah. Right over the uh, the DB by like an inch, right? There's no decline here. He's he's still a top three quarterback in this league. Um, they can now run the football. Their weapons are great. Their defense is kind of getting back into a rhythm a little bit right now. Yep. Um, you know, they're looking good. Tampa Bay, we were right by saying that they were the number one team. You could argue maybe two, but I, I think one is definitely solid, and we we're right there. I mean, they're just getting it done on both sides of the ball. Absolutely. It, it, it's insane. And, uh, I mean, I've been watching those interviews with Tom Brady recently. I don't know if you've seen them. I, for me, they've been all over TikTok. Um, and, and it's just been there, – there was one where he's talking about – he goes, if I would have retired last year, I'd have been sitting there on the couch this year watching these games and going, 
these dudes suck. Yeah. I'm better than these guys. Yeah. No, and he's right. And, and he, he can is still go out and do it at, what, yeah. 45? It's insane. I, I mean, the, the crazy part is, unless he falls off a, an absolute cliff, which you really don't see. I know people always talk about this, like, imaginary cliff. You don't see it all that often. And no. Like, like Big Ben has had a pretty slow decline. Peyton Manning had a pretty slow decline. Like, all these great quarterbacks, rarely do they just completely fall off a cliff. So, unless he does, he still has another at least four years of being a top 10 to 12 quarterback minimum. Easily. Minimum. Um, all right, how about let's go with the miss? Let's go with the Ravens. Um, so, now I do still think that they're okay, right? They're, they're still at the top of the division. Cleveland's close. They're gaining on them. But at the end of the day, we had, let's see, I think the division, yeah. If we had them at 12-5, and five, they're not going to be quite as good, but we didn't expect this injury bug. Um, and we had them at 6 this past week in the top, in the rankings. I think they're probably closer to 10-11 to 11 right now, just with all the injuries. Mm-hmm. Who knows if Lamar's going to be coming back uh, anytime soon. He rolled up his ankle. Um, yeah, like, against Cleveland, and they're if Tyler Huntley can go in, if they can rest Lamar for the next two games, I think they'd rather have him for the last couple games and, and rest him now. Uh, so I'm not sure how good they are going forward. So we kind of missed a little bit there with the injuries and everything. Yeah, I mean Lamar's kind of the X factor there. Without that, it's really tough because I mean their running game isn't the greatest this year. A lot of injuries. Yeah, that backfield's hurt. So you're going to rely on Lamar to make most of the plays on the ground and make up most of your rushing yards, but then even throwing the ball, like, Huntley doesn't look like he can get it done. Yeah, there was he, one play that I was I watched that entire game. He sat back there for, like, 8 to 10 seconds in a perfectly clean pocket and couldn't find anybody. It was, like, impressive because Cleveland got a good pass rush. It was, like, one of the best. I, I know exactly what play you're talking about. And you're like, wow, that might be the best offensive line play I've seen of the year, and he didn't get it done. Look, Huntley's fine. Huntley's fine. He's a backup quarterback, though. Yep. You know, he's not going to go out and win you games with his arms. He's a very middle of the road. But he was able to bring it back almost close with Cleveland. Yeah. We'll talk about that later in the yeah. first segment. Like, we're not trying to rip on Tyler Huntley here. He's a fine backup quarterback, but he's not Lamar Jackson. Exactly. Basically, is your point. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's go with another hit here. Let's go with the Cowboys. Um, we had him around number 10, I believe. Uh, hold up. I have it right here. Where'd it go? Is this it right here? Searching. Okay, perfect. We had him at, okay, number eight, right? So we had him closer to 10 than one, obviously. So we had him at number eight. That feels about right. You could argue even nine or 10. Their offense just isn't right. It's a little bit like the Chiefs a couple weeks ago where it's just like, like everything just looks difficult. Like screen passes, slants, like they're not really taking shots on the field. They're just not really there. The playmakers just aren't as open as they were previously, right? I still think they're fine. They're a good football team. They have a lot of talent. Their defense is fine. The defense is winning them games, arguably, right now. They're, they're, they're going to be fine. But I think it's clear that they're not a top, like, Super Bowl-level team right now. Yeah. They're just not playing up to par. And we were kind of right. You know, about about eight is where that, that kind of that line cuts off, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like Super Bowl contenders are, like, probably the top six. Yeah. They're, like, right outside that. Uh, yeah. they just, they're just not playing up to par right now. You could even argue Super Bowl win to top four to five. Yeah, yeah. I think six would be being generous. I mean, this is the only year I would say six because if the the Chiefs catch fire, they could easily, I could see them making another run. The AFC is wildly competitive. Even the Bills. Like, would you be surprised if the Bills go on a heater and end up, like, in the Super Bowl? No. It wouldn't shock me. Could you imagine if Lamar comes back, they go on a burn? Like, none of that would really surprise me. Who knows? Would it surprise you if Belichick just coaches, defense, efficiencies his way the whole way to the Super Bowl? No, he's done it before. He's, he's done, done it with Tom Brady like three to four times. And then you go to the NFC, you're like, okay, well, Arizona's still a really good team, a lot of talent. How do you stop that offense? The Rams are loaded with talent. 
then you still have the Buccaneers, the Packers. Those are both really, really good football teams. I think there's about seven teams that I wouldn't be floored if I saw in the Super Bowl. So this is the year I would say, like, six to seven teams. Wouldn't even surprise me. Wouldn't even surprise me. No, yeah. I mean, it, it's so wide open right now, and, it, and it's crazy, but not wide open in the sense that, like, you know, there's gaps between games and, and people being so far down in the division, but, like, everybody, it's so tight. Yeah, it's so it's tight. A, it's Everybody's, tight like, 10 and 5. Yeah, so I think, like, Dallas has a shot, but right now they're just outside that top, like, six to seven that's really, really competing for a championship, and uh, I think they would have to catch fire and definitely correct their offensive play. Um, okay, let's go with a miss. Uh, Justin Fields, I thought he was going to be phenomenal. Um, he's a freak athlete, and we're seeing that, but we're just not seeing the big throwability. No. Like we're just, he's not taking a lot of great shots on the field. Now, you are seeing some flashes of, like, intermediate, uh, like, route accuracy, especially on play action. Every young quarterback should be really good off play action. That's when you're going to see the most clean, defined looks from the defense. That's when you're going to have guys open more often because you're not relying on the guys to just straight up beat beat the DB. You're you're giving them a little deception, right? There should be a little more. There should be open windows more often, right? And he's been successful at that. You're not seeing the plays where you're like, oh yeah, he just uh, you know open open blitzer makes a miss, rolls out, dot for thirty yards. Yeah. Now, I know that I'm that, that's asking a lot. But in game number one, you're seeing Herbert make disgusting plays. Trevor Lawrence already, even though they're not winning and he's not even playing really well right now, in game two, you see him evade a, evade a blitzer, roll out, dot, right? You're just not seeing those type of plays from Justin Fields. I'm a little bit worried. A little bit worried. Yeah, um, in, in his defense a little bit too, there are some issues in that receiving core. Yeah. I mean, I'm not seeing many guys get all that separated, but like you're saying, if you're going to be the guy, if you're going to be the franchise guy... You're going to throw guys open. You're going to have to, one, yeah, throw guys open, but make, like, create windows and be able to push that ball into tight spaces and throw into double coverage. Like, those are things you have to do if you're going to be a franchise guy and if you're going to get re-signed after that rookie deal. That's some of the problems we're seeing with Baker Mayfield right now, is it not? Mm -hmm. I mean, Baker's struggling to make throws in big moments. We'll talk about that coming up now, you know, getting closer to that. Baker couldn't complete a throw when it mattered in the the fourth quarter. Yeah. Three turnovers. Not three turnovers, but just three and outs. You can have a great game, but if it comes to the fourth quarter and you you could, the first three quarters, you could have two incompletions, four touchdowns, no picks, you know, hundred and that'd probably be about hundred and fifty. That'd probably be almost a perfect pass rating in the first half. In the second half, you come out and throw two picks and a bunch of three and outs. It doesn't matter because no. when it when it, when you needed it, you weren't there. All right, let's go with the uh, hits. Let's go with the Cardinals. Um, no, I do still think they're a really really good team, super talented. But I said at the beginning of the year, they're a little bit of fool's gold because they don't run the football particularly well. They're really, really young. So when it comes to like late games, you got to run the ball, play a little bit of defense, right? You need a big like third and six, right? Situational. You're close to the red zone, can't take a sack, right? You need six yards, keep pushing on the field. I worry a little bit. Like against the probably the two best teams they played, the Rams um, and the Packers, both at home, the game kind of got a little bit too big for them, if you know. Like, Packers came in there missing 11 starters and one in Arizona. And then the Rams come in missing like four or five offensive starters and a couple defense, especially Jalen Ramsey, and they win in Arizona. So it's like, and both teams ran the football really well, controlled the clock. So it worries me a little bit with uh, Arizona. I don't think they possessed the ball long enough, and I don't, I'm don't. i not sure situationally they're the best team. Still going to be okay. Still a really good team. Going to compete for probably the conference championship, right? I wouldn't be surprised if you see them there. They're really talented. But I worry a little bit when you, they play a nice, physical, bigger, more veteran football team. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, okay, how about let's go, Miss? Let's go with the Broncos. Um, we had them right here. I'm looking at it. I believe we had them at five and twelve, bottom of the division. That's because I thought Drew Locke was going to start more games, um, but Teddy Bridgewater's been the starter the whole time, and he's been exactly like you expected Teddy Bridgewater to do, right? He's not going to lose you games, and that roster is good enough to, if as long as he's average and doesn't turn the football over, that they can win some games. They're seven and six. They're in the thick of the playoff race. Um, their defense is humming. Oh, their defense is really good. Yeah. That's a good team. Um, now, that's a team. I'm going to talk about rebuilds here in a little bit. Um, actually, like right after hits and misses here. Um, but that's a team that I don't think they're in a, in a in a massive rebuild. I think they're about a quarterback away. That's one of the rare occasions where you're like, that's a quarterback away team. Yep. They have the receivers. I would like to see some improvement on the offensive line. They have a really good back, Javante Williams. He's a rookie. Defense is solid, especially the secondary. Uh, yeah, five and twelve was definitely a little low for the Broncos. They're a talented team, and Bridgewater's just been good enough to keep them at seven and six. Yep. All right, let's go with uh, a hit here. Zach Wilson. I'm going to get into this one a little bit, a little mini rant here. I said going into the draft, I said, it, especially once the Jets drafted him, right? So into the draft and then like post draft, kind of right after the draft, I'm like, he is he not just a smaller Sam Darnold? Like he. To me, he looks like a smaller Sam Darnold. Runs around, definitely is a baller, like a game. He's like a, he's like a playmaker type quarterback, right? He's going to get outside the pocket. He can do some athletic things that a lot of other quarterbacks can. He's dynamic that way, but he's not the most accurate. He's a little bit too you know wild and risky for my taste. Like I said, not not too accurate. Not not throwing guys open like we talked about. It looks difficult for him at times. He's missing some throws that he should. Now occasionally he'll make a great throw down the sideline. But then I'll miss, like, three screen throws. Like, you, you, that just can't happen, right? So I went back and looked. In, in Zach Wilson's first nine games, he's six touchdowns, 11 picks, 56% completion percentage. He's a 65 passer rating and 193 yards a game. Well, Sam Darnold, you, you guys wanted to run him out of town, right? Which I get, it might have been time to leave. People were so against Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's first nine games, 11 touchdowns. So a little bit more productive. 14 picks. So again, risky, just like Zach Wilson is. 73 pass rating. So eight ticks higher than Wilson. And 215 yards a game. So he's a little bit more productive. And you were ready to run him out of town. And I said, careful, because Zach Wilson's a smaller, less athletic version of Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold's a more physical athlete. Zach Wilson's a tick above six foot. Not quite as built. So you're looking at injuries. He's already been hurt in his rookie year. Sam was not. Sam is on the field a lot. Outside of this year, he's been on the field a lot. He's at least dependable physically. I like Sam's arm more, too. Sam's got a better... I I, I like Wilson's release is really good. Darnold's got a bit of a slow wind-up, slow release. It can cause some trouble with pass rushers. I really like Wilson's release. But you're right. I don't think the arm strength or arm accuracy or, like, quote-unquote, very vague term, but arm talent, I don't think it's that much different yeah. at all. Yeah, they, they both bring a little bit of a different skill set with the arm, but I, I think they're definitely very similar. And like I said, I don't think drafting a smaller Sam Darnold is going to fit an offense where Sam Darnold couldn't even succeed. Like, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. I said that going into the draft and post-draft, and would you look through nine games, I'm correct. All right, misses. Uh, Let's go with Vegas. Um, I keep um, hoping that they'll be okay, right? They'll be good. Like, I like Derek Carr a lot. Good Lord, 48-9? to 48-9. to I know they have an interim coach. And they're kind of devoid of talent. And I, I said that they're that, that roster is like a fourth place roster. But we have them at eight and nine, and I'm just not sure they're gonna get there. Um Carr's doing his best. I think he deserves better. I think he deserves to get out. Um, I think I have written down somewhere here that 
yeah, right here. Derek Carr will be out of Vegas uh, within the next year. I said that, but the like before the NFL season this year. Did you put that? a date on it? Six. I think it's six sixteen twenty twenty one. So, so something June sixteenth. Yeah. Okay. So I said in June before the NFL season, Carr is going to be out of there. I think he deserves to be out of there. He should push to get out of there. It's the cheapest owner. It's a team who's been who outside of. Detroit and maybe Cleveland. I think Cleveland is in the mix with them. Those are the three most losing franchises over the last 20 years. He deserves to get out, right? And so I was a little bit right about that, but I did not expect them to be this bad post post John Gruden. I mean, this no. is this team is abysmal. And it's funny. It's it, it's you predicted that June 15th. It is December December 15th. It's basically exactly a half year later. It's about six months. And yeah. I, mean, uh, I can't tell. I can't read my hand. I think it might be 16th, but it's almost. Yeah, it's almost it, an exact year. Yeah, it's almost an exact year later, and it's looking like it's starting to shape up a little bit. I mean, it could with all the turbulence that's been going on with the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, a quarterback like Derek Carr, he's talented. He deserves a little bit better, a little more stable of an organization. That's a top twelve quarterback, is he not? I don't, I I don't see the argument. Is he in our top uh, ten? I don't think he's in our top ten, but I think he's right outside of it. He was at the beginning though, but he started playing a little, a little rough. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. But no matter what list I make with the quarterbacks, that uh, you know, whatever we think, I think he's still a top fifteen quarterback. I don't think you could debate that. He's a top half of the league quarterback. I would argue closer to like. 10 yeah. than 15. I would say probably he's the 11th or 12th best quarterback. And right now, if you put him in a really, really good system, I think he could be a top 7 to 8 quarterback. I think so too. Like, if you you put him on the um, on the Broncos, which I don't think the Raiders would trade him to the Broncos because I think immediately they become a contender. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I, I think they become a contender. I think he would turn that team into a really, really good football team. I think it, yeah. It really I don't would. Know. I don't think I'm crazy. Do you think he'd go in division like that? I don't know about him personally, but I don't think the Raiders would do it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Do you think they'd deal him in division? Look at a team like the Giants. I can talk about them. I don't think they're a quarterback away, but I think it definitely bumps them up a notch. Yeah. I don't know. So interesting. All right, so piggybacking off that, I want to talk about Carolina and the Giants. So they burned me, both of them, this weekend. I said Carolina would beat Atlanta. They didn't. Um, They should have. But instead, they're starting Cam Newton, who he's terrible. Um, And then the Giants. I... Their defense has been playing really well, but note they go and get shredded 37-21, to 21, so that killed the spread. That was the tiebreaker. I'm down now, what, 6-7-1 and one in the game predictions with you? Yeah, upset 7-6. Uh, big win for me. Still yeah. haven't been down. I've, I've never been in a deficit this season. I've been holding you at It was bay. looking so good. It was looking so good. Um, so what I took away from those games, because those were two big games personally for me, like predictions-wise and stuff like that, so... I want to talk about that. My takeaways, we are way too quick to say a rebuild done. Um, I think these teams are much further than, quote, a quarterback away. I know Colin Coward was on the air talking, oh, the Giants, they, I mean, they are not devoid of talent. They have a lot of talent. Do they? I mean, like, so, so do they, right? So Kenny Galladay, he's fine. He's a fine receiver. They're paying him way too much money. They're paying him as a top 10 wide receiver. The only time he was even sniffing a top 10 wide receiver statistically was in Detroit with Matthew Stafford, who's a top five talent quarterback in the league. His arm's insane, mm-hmm. undeniable. And he was with Marvin Jones. So they had a good receiving core. He wasn't asked to carry the load as a number one. He goes, he's got a bunch of expectations now. He's just completely pedestrian. He's a completely average wide receiver. He's like wide out 50 right now. And they're paying him so much money. And then Darius Slayton's fine. Darius Slayton was a sixth-round pick out of Auburn. He's kind of a shifty, I don't want to say gadget guy, 
but he's not like a big physical dominant number one or even number two receiver. I think he'd be a really, really good three on a really good team. Yeah. Like, I think if you went to a Super Bowl caliber team and said, do you need a third receiver? He'd be a really, really good number three. Like, the best number three in the league. But he's not a big physical guy. He doesn't provide an element of like, oh, we just physically cannot cover him. And Saquon Barkley is never on the field. So we consider him be like, oh, well, Saquon is a great back. Oh, when he plays three games a year? Like, that's sweet. I, he is awesome and even, for the first three games in September. How about when it's late December and he's he's racking up like 30 total yards? No touchdowns. Because he's hurt, he's banged up, he's coming off the IR, he's just he's rusty. The thing is, it always seems like he, even the games where he is playing, he's jogging off the field after running two plays. He runs up the middle twice for like six yards. And then they're, and they're then putting jogs off Wayne the field. Gallman in. Like, I don't, I don't get it. And then he goes and stands on the sideline until they get, like, two more first downs, and then he goes back in. Like, I just I, – to say that they're a quarterback away I think is wrong. Joe Judge is a defensive guy. They just gave up 37 to Herbert. No, I understand it's Herbert. And it's like, I'm not asking you to go pitch a shutout against Justin Herbert. But if you want to compete in this league, you can't just let guys go for 37 points. At some point as a defensive coach, you've drafted defense heavily the last two drafts. And you just give up 37 to the future of the league. Like, if you want to compete, that's who you're going against. I'm sorry. Like, I know you're not in division with them, but those are the caliber guys that you need to be able to at least put up a fight against. And they don't anytime they play a top quarterback. Well, you're right. And, I mean, a prime example of that is when Eli Manning was there. Right? You have to beat Tom Brady and the Patriots. Exactly. You have to beat them. You have to beat Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Eli was a completely pedestrian quarterback his entire career. He was a such an average quarterback. His interception to touchdown ratio was like exactly one to one on his career. His record was he was a complete. I think he was a five hundred quarterback. He is just the epitome of average. But he's going to go to the Hall of Fame because when it counted, when he needed to beat the best quarterback in the game, oh well, he showed up. So to, to say that the Giants are a quarterback away, I think that's nonsense. I think that, I don't think they are a quarterback away. I think they're not devoid of talent, but their defense is not playing up to what they should be. The the draft picks are not playing to the level they were drafted at. The expectations are not being met. The offensive line is a complete mess. Complete and utter mess. The wide receiving core is very overrated. They don't have a singular guy that gets open consistently. Sterling Shepard's shifty, right? Darius Slayton's not a big physical athlete. He's not super fast. Now, he does make the catches. He's one of those good football players that I would love on my team as like a low-end two or a high-end three. Not a number one and not a high-end two. And Kenny Galladay, who, yeah, he can go up and make the big physical. He's not really getting open, so you need a guy to throw him open. I don't think they are a quarterback away. I, now, they're not devoid of talent, but look. So they went 11-5 and five in 2016, and then 2017, they go 3-13. and 13. That's Daniel Jones, right? 3-13? and 13. Um, Then Daniel Jones, 2018, 5-11, 4-12, 6-10, and now they're 4-9. and nine. So that's a quarterback away? Hmm, because what I would compare it to is Buffalo. Now, Buffalo had Tyrod Taylor, and people go, they are just real close. Like, they're a quarterback away. You know what a quarterback away looks like? It looks like 8-8, eight 7-9, and 9-7, eight, and and then Josh Allen. Slight dip, 6-10, and ten, then boom, 10-6, and 13-3. That's a quarterback away. That's a quarterback away. You're 9-7, and seven, you're competing, you lose the wild card game with Tyrod Taylor at 9-7. and seven. A quarterback away isn't 3-13. and 13. A quarterback away isn't six and ten. That's not that's not how that works. Now, when you get the quarterback, the young quarterback, you can dip to six and ten. But before that, you should have been competitive, which Buffalo, prime example, was. They were nine and seven. 
they're not a quarterback away. They are another three years, probably a new GM away. A new quarterback, yes, definitely they need a new quarterback. But that is not the only thing they need. They need another GM because he's the, the GM now is bad. You can't draft Daniel Jones, who had a 58% completion percentage for Duke in the ACC. Draft him sixth overall. Put all your eggs in that basket, and then he continues to not be a good quarterback. You can't draft a bad quarterback, and then he stays bad. Because there wasn't like, oh, I saw light, and then it, it shined. No, that, that didn't happen. He needs gone. I'd give Joe Judge another chance, but you need to, you need more talent, period. Point blank, you need more talent. You need to fix the offensive line. The defense needs to start performing. You need a new GM, and you definitely need a new quarterback. That is not a quarterback-away team. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I'd be okay with giving Joe Judge another chance, keeping him around for maybe one, two more years, but if it keeps repeating, you got to make sure his seat stays nice and toasty. Maybe not now. Like, don't kick him out now. Don't fire him now. But that seat better be a little warm. He it better also, feel the pressure a little bit. It also depends on, like, what they do this offseason, right? So if they go out move up Daniel Jones and, and Russ is like, I want out. New York's a big brand. Russ Huge goes to a big market. brand. Right? Huge market. Goes to New York, and you get another draft cycle, and you draft, you know, maybe a couple depth pieces, maybe get a, another free agent, right? And if you're still sub-500, then I would go. Like, Joe Judge is gone. Now, if you go out and get, like, a I, Teddy Bridgewater, right? So you go out and get, like, a marginal guy. Definitely better than Daniel Jones, but, like, a marginal guy. And you're, like, you know, 8-9. and nine, Then I think, like, the expectations change depending on what they do this offseason with Joe Judge going forward. Yeah. If they go out and make a splash landing with a big quarterback, have a good draft, completely clean house, and he still isn't good... Well, then you're like, oh. Right. But if they go out and make marginal changes, and then he gets marginally better, then you're like, okay, that, that's, that's what we needed, right? And we keep building. No, yeah. Um, I agree with that. The Russ thing kind of makes sense, too, though. I mean, New York is a big it's market. It's a big brand. He wants to go to a big market. And so does his wife. Uh, yeah. Which, I mean, that's I mean, a factor. They're moving an entire family. Like, and both of them belong there. Think about the, the Wilson family. Yeah. I mean, moving to New York City would probably be one That'd of be the big. most iconic things for them. That'd be big. Um, but, yeah. Okay, well, and then another team, right? So I talked about New York and then Carolina both hurt me, right? Another team that I do not think is a quarterback away. Like, I just, I don't think they're a quarterback away. They just give up 29 to Atlanta. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I know people are like, oh, their defense is legit. Even I was saying that. I'm like, they got a big boy defense? I don't think they do. They have a really young defense, a hopeful defense. But they need more pieces. 29 to Atlanta? Atlanta's horrible. That line can't block anyone. Matt Ryan is a statue back there. They have no semblance of a run game. Cordell Patterson's fine. He's a gadget guy. He's not a top running back. No semblance of a run game. Their top receiver is taking time away from the game. Outside of Kyle Pitts, they got no talent on the outside. I don't know. I can't even tell you a single guy on their defense that's a Pro Bowl-level guy. Deion Jones, maybe. A.J. Terrell's playing fine, but he's an off-ball corner. Um... That's not a that that that's not a quarterback away losing to Atlanta like that. That's not a quarterback away when you've now cycled in what three quarterbacks in two years, right? So Teddy Bridgewater and then Sam, and then now you're giving Cam another try and you still lose the same exact games that you should win, right? And you start like what three and zero, and then you're like four and two, and well, since then you're like one and six. That's not a quarterback away. Again, looking at Buffalo, Buffalo was eight and eight. Seven and nine, nine and seven, lose the wild card game, get Josh Allen, slight dip to six and ten, and then boom, you're at ten and six. Twenty twenty, you're at thirteen and three. You lose the conference championship. That's a quarterback away. K 
Carolina's not. Seven and nine, five and eleven, five and eleven. Now they're five and eight so far. That's not a quarterback away. No. Their defense needs to improve. They just fired their offensive coordinator. What do you do at quarterback, right? So, if you're if they're truly a quarterback away, that means you can insert a guy like like Russell Wilson, but he'll never go there, right? For some stretch, imagine Aaron Rodgers goes there. I still don't think they're a top team. I don't think they're a top team. You can't trust Christian McCaffrey. Their weapons, they have a lot of good weapons, no great weapons. DJ Moore's fine. He's a B-tier receiver. He's a B-plus, but he's not, he's not a top. He's not a Devontae Adams. He's not a you know, DeAndre Hopkins. He's not a top guy that you're like, oh, yep, we'll just, we'll just piggy on him. He's not a Tyree Kill, Mike Evans. He's not that. Their defense is fine, really, really young. Nobody in the linebacking core that I'm really, really happy about outside of their edge rushers. Their middle linebackers are weak. Their back end's fine. I think the the addition of Stephon Gilmore's a good addition, right? I like Jeremy Chin, their safety, but outside of that, I'm not really impressed with any of their guys. J.C. Horn's fine, but he's hurt. He was hurt in college. He's now hurt in the pros. There's nothing I hang my hat on with Carolina and go, you know what, we'll build around that unit right there. Yeah. So it's like if you're a quarterback away, you have multiple units where you're like, oh, we're set. We don't even have to draft that. Carolina, I don't see a singular unit where you're like, no, 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 we're good. We don't even have to worry about that. May, maybe they're receivers because I think they're good enough, but I think you could definitely argue they need a drafty line. Their they, linebackers are weak. I could use another depth corner would make me happy. Their offensive line isn't great. You have multiple units that need work. That's not a quarterback away. Like look at holes. Buffalo before. Now their wide receivers were weak, but they had a really, really good defense. Their offensive line was okay. They could run the football. Like they had, they only had about one or two units where you're like, okay, they need to draft those along with Josh Allen, and they did when they dipped to six and ten. Yeah, they had Nate Peterman, and then worked on those units, and then boom, you're ten and six. Nate Peterman, and then Tyrod Taylor. Like I don't, I don't think as Carolina or New York, both teams, you need to draft almost every single unit. Like I don't know how that. That's not a quarterback away. No. That's that's a full blown. You're still in the rut of a rebuild. Mm-hmm. So my takeaway, we're too quick to say, oh, rebuilds are done, rebuilds are here, like they're they're right on the cusp. I think we need to give these puppies more time before we start calling these teams contenders. No, yeah, you are, uh, you're spot on there. Um, I mean, it, it's been it's in the data, it, backed up by stats, backed by love. It just backed by statistics, straight facts. Uh, we don't we don't mess around here, you know. You, yeah. Um, the, the Browns were messing around, though, in the, in the fourth quarter. Oh, uh, they really are. We'll get to that now. Um, you know, the Browns win, but barely, to a backup quarterback for Baltimore. Um, Huntley, Tyler Huntley, um, comes into the game after Lamar. What is it, a high ankle sprain, or he rolled his ankle? Yeah, he like rolled or... up. Someone rolled up on his ankle on a sack. Someone, yeah, I, I watched the play. I didn't even really see much. Um you yeah, know. he just landed on the ankle awkwardly but, as Lamar was kind of like spinning down. Yeah. It, was, it was a weird little it, play. Those ankle injuries are weird. Yeah, they're tough. Um, Huntley comes into the game, doesn't do all that much, doesn't look impressive. He but, looks like a backup quarterback looks you know, like when he comes into a big game. I will say he had a little bit of a spark. You know, kind of yeah. like when you pull a goalie in hockey and adds like a little, I guess a yeah. little bit of a spark. I think a, there was a small spark. I don't think it was anything crazy. Just pure adrenaline, really. Yeah, he did a little bit with his legs, just like Lamar would, right? He's, he's mobile. Um. But then missing on throws, Yeah. the part that stood out to me, the big takeaway from this game, is that Baker Mayfield once again proves that he is nothing special and he is not the future in Cleveland. It's simple as that. I mean, I watched that game, 
and throughout the first three quarters, he looked okay. Yeah. He was game managing. Certainly a competent quarterback. He was doing the things he needed to do in a big-time game like that against a big divisional opponent like the Ravens, against Lamar, another quarterback around his age that he's going to have to beat for a while, right? But then we get to the fourth quarter, and things start to get a little icy. He starts to slide a little bit against a backup quarterback. Three possessions the Browns had. A defense also missing their top safety, their top two DBs. A a broken down defense. And one of their top pass runners. Against a broken down defense. In the fourth quarter of the game. After your run game has been been wearing them on them all game. You have the you have the play action set up if you want it. You have the best backfield in the NFL. And now you have to throw the ball. You have to rely on Baker. You have to put this game into Baker's hands. You what need, happens? You, yeah, I'll you tell need you to what pick happens. Up first downs and he couldn't. Keep going. I'll tell you what happens. They need to run out the clock. Kill Baltimore's chances of winning. Run out the clock. Baker needs to throw, get first downs, get yardage, get him to field goal range. You know, maybe a couple points here and there wouldn't hurt. Three possessions. Three and out, punt, first one. Yeah. Second one, they get one first down. Baker misses two throws, punt. Third one, Baker throws an interception. You can't play like that in the fourth quarter if you think you're going to be a play or a, uh, a franchise quarterback that is worthy of being paid $30 million a year. We talked about this last week. You had a rant about it last week. We posted uh, a little clip of it on Instagram. You cannot be a franchise guy if you can't win in the fourth quarter. If you can't be a competent quarterback against a divisional opponent with a backup quarterback, a basically a second-string defense. Yeah. And you have the best running game in football. You have one of the best O-lines in football. You have some of the best weapons. You have Really Landry. clever coach. Really clever coach. Coach of the year last year. Yeah, I mean, you have to be able to get it done with these pieces that you have. And if you, I mean, you know, Baker's going to do his thing. He's going to blame everybody else. That's what he does. He's going to he's gonna create conflict. That sounds about right. He, he was, He's going to go say something at the podium that he shouldn't just because he feels like it. Like, for what? He'll show up looking depressed like a bum, even yeah. after a win, after his team had to once again fight and save him and bail him out for, what, the fifth time this year? Yep. I don't know. What did you think? Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. Uh, look. There's a reason. So, like, look at Jimmy G, right? Jimmy G is another quarterback. Well, first of all, most quarterbacks are better with a running game. That's not like, we're not, I'm not like blaming Baker for needing a good running game. Dak needs one. Tom Brady, look at how much better he's playing now that Leonard Fournette's a top back. He's always had good, always had good running games in New England. I'm not blaming a quarterback for that, but it's interesting. Like, Jimmy G, who's thought of like in the same tier as Baker, roughly, right? Also needs a run game. But look what he did in the fourth quarter in overtime against Cincinnati. Tough, not prime time, but a late window game. A lot of eyes. You need that game. Like they need, they need that win. Fourth quarter, drive them down, tie it. Overtime, drive down the field, win the game. He was six for six on the game winning drive. Jimmy G gets it done when it counts. There's no doubt about that. I mean, you got to do a Super Bowl. Like let's 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 like remember that. I understand he missed a throw in the Super Bowl. That's one throw. Like that's one throw. 50 yards down the field. Like, can we not? Can we quit holding that against Jimmy G? I know he should have made the throw. Like, I get that. But it's like a 45 yards down the field, and he missed a throw. Other than that, he's a fine quarterback. As long as he's healthy, he is a fine quarterback, which has always been the issue. But at, at the end of the day, 
I can trust Jimmy G with two minutes left to drive me down the field and win that game. Six for six on the game-winning drive. Yeah. And then, like you just mentioned, Baker was, what, like two for six in the last three drives? Come on. Come on. That's not a franchise guy. I, I, I'm with you. I'm not really sure. Like I said, I, I think they've made the decision that they're not going to pay Baker. I don't think, I think a it's team that, that much of a debate at this point. I think they, they're probably moving off Baker. Speaking of your rant, a team, another team that's just a quarterback away, I, I would say Cleveland could fall into that Cleveland, category. Yeah, I could argue Cleveland's a quarterback away yeah. from at least competing for the AFC. Exactly. Maybe not being a top, like, you know, maybe. Yeah, I would argue they could be a top six team right now. I think that roster's top at least top 10. If they could have a yeah. if they could have a game-changing elite quarterback, that team would be dangerous. Yeah. Um we will be back. That was all we have for the first segment. Uh we will, you know, have the rest of our Sunday games to go over for you and uh Tim has another rant to get to coming up in the second segment. Hey guys, what's going on? It's the guys over here at the issue. Excited to announce a new supplement opportunity for you guys through phoenix fitness spelled f n x capital f n and x use code tj2021 when you click the link in our link tree or go to fnx.com tj2021 it'll get you 15 percent off store wide go out and get yourself an am protein blend just drank mine orange dreamsicle my personal favorite flavor and then at nighttime you can recover with their wide variety of BCA amino acid recovery formulas as well with creatine, glutamine, um, nighttime protein blend, it's a PM blend, spice and melatonin in there, put you right to sleep. Go check it out, Phoenix Fitness. Ho-ho, what is up? Back again, segment two. On a Wednesday, let's check the weather like normal. Hold up. Yep, kind of an overcast. I don't know if it's it's not raining, but I think it might be misting a little bit. Intermittent drizzling, right? One yeah. of those days, kind of overcast. Like 40s, high 40s, I think, right? In western PA, kind of warm for December. Um, not bad, not bad. We could have worse weather. I think, I don't know if I would rather like a nice fluffy snow, like a nice winter Christmas snow. Or, like, warm like this. I think this is definitely better than, like, a sloshy, like, stupid... Yeah. I hate slosh. That's annoying. 100%. Um, Usually that slush comes around, like, January, February real bad. Yeah, where it's, like, where... Where it like snows more consistently and it stays. That way, there's like always slush on the side of the road. Yeah. That, I hate. I hate that. Yeah. Right now, we still got the green grass. We still got the clear roads. I'll yeah. take it for the moment. Um, you know, got some good stuff for this segment though. Let's start out with some news just around, um, and then we'll get into reviewing. Uh, you know, the rest of the games that we didn't kind of talk about from Sunday, and then uh, Tim has a rant to finish up this segment as well. So let's get right into the news a little bit. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna give you a little bit of like news just. In, in general and then sports and then kind of touch on some of the bigger games you know this this weekend in the news segment here and have a little you know discussion about it right so a couple things in college football spencer rattler right he was supposed to be like a top quarterback from oklahoma obviously gets benched for caleb williams who's also a you know really talented quarterback well rattler went to the transfer portal he's now committing to south carolina so that's interesting right so south carolina's got a pretty promising young offensive head coach um, they're in the SEC, so they're not, like, devoid of talent, right? So he'll be throwing to some guys. I'm a little worried because he's going to be playing, you know, tougher competition, I feel like, on a weekend-by-weekend basis, right? I think yeah. the average SEC defense is tougher uh, than that of the Big 12. So I think it's a good move 
to see if he can really play at, the, at an NFL level, right? I think this is just another step to proving that. And uh, I have my doubts. I think he's a little small, a little bit Manziel-esque. I don't think he's. Yeah. I think he's better than Johnny Manziel, um, although not in college. Johnny Manziel was electric in college, but as a prospect, I mean, like physically and stuff like that. But something interesting to keep your eye on: uh, Quinn Ewers as well. So he was the big five-star top quarterback in this past uh, high school class, right? Mm-hmm. Reclassifies to go to Ohio State a year early. Obviously sits. They have C.J. Stroud. They have Kyle McCord. Bunch of really good guys in front. So he sits for a year. I think he's looking at him being like, I'm not trying to play here. So he then, he, boom, he transfers to Texas. He was originally committed to Texas, decommitted to go to Ohio State. So he's going back to Texas. Quinn Ewers. I, I'm not sure that puts him as a top program, but I think, look, again, they still have some talent. Steve Sarkeesian's the head coach. He's going to be... He's a good offensive coach, that's for sure. So he'll be able to help Quinn Ewers. He'll be able to recruit some offensive talent around him. Uh, you know, I don't know if Texas is back. They say that like every year, seemingly. But it's a definitely a good step, right? He's a five-star. So if he plays like people project him to play, number one quarterback, number one player in the class, then they could be a legit team in the next year or so. Um, and then also today, oh, Bryce Young wins the Heisman. I don't know if we said that. No, we didn't. We, we were yeah. running around for that. Right, so Bryce Young wins the Heisman. Uh, that, that's pretty exciting. Kenny Pickett came in third, I believe. I think it was then Aiden Hutchinson was in second. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Bryce Young should have. He's a really, really smooth football player. He's beat he is more smooth. competition. He, you know, I mean. That it, SEC game, the championship game, really sealed the deal for him. Yeah, and, and I really like Kenny Pickett. And, 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 you know, I'm glad he was a Heisman finalist. I think he deserved to be a finalist. Yeah. But to win, um, you know, at the end of the day, he plays in the ACC. Um, you know, a little... Definitely a competition dip from the SEC. Um, you know, Bryce Young's playing Georgia, and at some and, point, and, and, and teams like that, and it, you know, it, it, you're playing better talent. You're doing basically the same things and, and a little bit better against even better competition. Yeah, so, I think yeah. also you, you got to look at the eye test. He's a really smooth football player, gifted. Like he just looks better. He's a you could tell he's a little bit more talented, just really, naturally gifted, really well polished. Yeah, he's he's a good player. I think that's that's the right pick for Heisman. I believe. Um, I don't really have a problem. I would have loved to see the hometown. Like Kenny Pickett like win. That would have been awesome. But I mean, like I don't think Bryce Young's a bad. That's not a bad option. Um, and then recently, okay. Travis Hunter, number one recruit in the 2022 class. So this coming year, number one recruit, was committed to Florida State for a long time, a couple years now. Flips on signing day, national signing day, to Jackson State, the coach. I think it's an an HBCU, historically black college university, um, and coached by Deion Sanders, obviously a legend. He's flipping that program quick. I think they had 10 wins this year. Wow. Um, I think they could be quickly in contention for – they're in the FCS, but – I wouldn't even be surprised if they bump up to the FBS here within the next couple years, right? Seeing how talented they're going to be. They should run through the FCS with almost no competition here within the next year or so. I mean, they they have a lot of talent. They're talking, like you're talking recruiting classes up there, like in the top 10 in the nation, not just FCS, in the nation. So that's good for them. That's a big flip. Uh, Good for Jackson State. Good for Deion Sanders. He's a good dude. I like Deion. Absolutely. A little crazy for my taste. He's, he's out there. He's, he's fun. Nazi he's so cool. Good to dude, to, though. though. Good dude, though. Great funny, guy. Funny to listen to. Great mentor. Doing great things for the game. Like I said, he's he's a little out there, but hey, he's a personality. I, I like it. It's Absolutely. interesting. Good for him. I like Jackson State a lot. I like Dion a lot. That's good for them. Um, all right, now. So some of the big NFL games that kind of like uh, affected us, right? So LA played, the, the Chargers played the New York football giants, right? 
I said that the Giants would cover the 9.5 spread. That's a lot of points. The Giants were 4-2 and two against the spread in their previous six. Their defense was a top 8 defense statistically in every category over the last five weeks prior to this game. Um, I don't like Daniel Jones, but at this time last year, he started to clean up his turnovers a little bit, started playing better. Forgot that he was out when I when I picked that. Mike Glennon played for them. That hurt my chances a little bit. So it was after I predicted that, that then I realized Mike Glenn starting. So that hurts a little bit. But I figured even the defense would be able to hold him a little bit. Joe Joe's a defensive coach. Didn't happen. They lose by, what, 16 to Herbert. Um, so you were right saying that the L.A. would cover. Yeah, feels good. <sighs> feels real good. Yep, yep. So now you're 7-6-1. and one. I am 6-7-1. Not out of it by any stretch. Not out of it. But it does hurt a little bit, um, is what it is. Something interesting to keep your eye on with New York and, and what they do going forward. And our little race that we got here heating up as well. Yeah. You know? Um, okay, how about let's go with Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my God, he's so good. Uh, the pack, He just looked at what? It's too easy for him. Like, I'm sorry, it, that looks too easy. We talk about how, how easy it looks for Herbert, right? And uh, how easy it looks for Brady and stuff like that. Like, oh, it's just so smooth and so easy with Rodgers. Did you see that play fake? Yeah. I mean, come Out on. of this world. Dude, that dude is so talented. He's, I'd say, the most talented NFL quarterback. Would Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. Just all-out talent yeah. when it comes to the mental side of the game, the physical side, being able to get it done, the arm talent, the, the awareness, he the reading move, the defense. Too. He's yeah. not like a dual threat, but he's mobile. But he's mobile. He, he can, can get, get out, out of the, the way. Pocket. He can get out of the way. He can extend a play. He can keep his He keeps his eyes downfield, delivers great deep balls, almost on the same level as Russ. I mean, he's... Fun to watch. I, Throw, I love watching Aaron Rodgers. Throws well on the run, slides well in the pocket, can manipulate the pocket a lot like Brady does. I think he's probably even better at it than Brady. He's a little more, more mobile, a little nimble. And one of the best game managers in all of football. And also, like, he is the best quarterback, I think, when he's when he's angry. Like, I know mm-hmm. it's something weird, but, like, when he's ticked off, like, he's the best. Like, you see Robert Quinn, who's a veteran defensive edge, like, edge, uh, edge rusher for the Bears, sacks him in the first quarter. Does the Aaron Rodgers discount double check as if he's not a four and nine football player on a like on a four and nine team, right? You're a veteran. You are aware that Aaron Rodgers, when he is upset or we'll he's mad, will light you up. Why would you do that? No, it's different. If it's the fourth quarter and you have him beat, sure, do your thing. It's the first quarter and you're starting a rookie quarterback at Lambeau. Really and you're gonna do that. <laughs> and then Aaron Rodgers ends up lighting him up for four hundred yards, four touchdowns. The second half, what? So it was 27-21 Bears going into half. Um, Green Band's up putting up, so it ends up being 45-27 to 27 at one point. So what is that? 24 unanswered points? Yeah. That's quick math, well, guys. That's... Come on now. Not just a hat rack here um, at the issue, right? i got a good brain in here. Absolutely. Um, but seriously, like, why? Like, what are you doing? Like, what? you know that Aaron Rodgers is going to light you up. Like, what is that? I don't know. What are you doing? Just run your mouth. The, I, I call it the Juju and Chase Claypool effect. Yeah, right, yeah. right. They just, just them, they, they have the same Browns as last year. Come on now. <laughs> now they just the same Browns. Like, oh, really? 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 Okay. Now, we are 1-0 against them this year, so I guess good, but it wasn't a pretty game. But anyway, um, no, Rodgers, it just looks too easy for him. Yeah, right really now, does. who's your MVP pick? I, 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 we'll talk about that later, but I think you could seriously – I would say you he'd could, be up you there. You can cement Rodgers as a top three there. guy right he'd now. He'd be up there. And he will be whenever we whenever we get to that in the third segment. Um, and then finally, we touched on I touched on the Jimmy Garoppolo with San Francisco a little bit. That was a good football game. Did you catch any of that? I did. I did. So Cincinnati played really well at the start. Um, kind of ends up tying the game late, right? And then the overtime was a masterful drive by San Francisco. We kind of predicted this, right? So we have San Fran at... 
Uh, okay, we had him at 11 and 6, so it was probably a little bit high. Mm-hmm. And we had him above the Rams, which is not correct, um, and Arizona, which obviously isn't correct. And uh, But we had him as a really, really good competitive football team. That's kind of the division we missed on, but we did hit on San Fran a little bit. They're playing good football. They've won four out of their last five. They're running the football really well. They're healthy. George Kittle, once again, looks like a top three tight end. Jimmy Garoppolo is playing like a top 15 guy, which in this offense, that's all you need, especially if he's showing flashes of a top five quarterback late in the game. Because that drive, those couple drives at the end of regulation and overtime, that's what a top five quarterback does. Now, he's not a top five quarterback, but he has flashes where he just, you know, hop on guys, I will be a top quarterback for the next four minutes. And he gets into a groove and he just kind of rolls with it. That's what you need. If I can get four minutes of that from Jimmy G every game, because the running game and the running game and then his just being average will keep them in the game. And then if he can be a top seven guy, which he has been late in games, good. You're good to go. That's a good football team. That's a good football team. And they're getting better defensively, getting more healthy. So San Fran's a team to keep your eye on. That that's that's one I would look at for I would they would be no fun to play in a wild card game. I would want no parts of them wild card weekend, right? So if they sneak in, which they will, right now I think they're the the sixth team, right? So not the last wild card, but the second to last, right? Maybe they might be the, the fifth wild card. Either way, would want no parts of them. Nope. Would want absolutely no part of San Francisco. No. Uh they're very physical. We'll beat you down. Um just a little fun little clip here for the end of the news yeah a little rogers to pittsburgh you know it's heating up a little bit it it is we've been talking about it it's almost been not a joke but just more of like a long shot odds you know could it happen it's almost like it'd be fun because we're from pittsburgh it's like oh wouldn't that be just sweet like wouldn't that be awesome it would be uh yeah it would be awesome here's a clip of uh aaron Rodgers on the pat mcafee show and uh it it comes up we'll say that what are you wearing that shirt all about and then you said you're not gonna play Oh, oh. Nah, I'm next year. I must. Uh, AJ, you can't say that. You're one of his like closest friends. You literally. I can't. just said it. What you say? I said Steelers next year, right? Hell yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Now he was messing. He he ended up saying like he didn't say like oh yeah, yeah I'm coming to Pittsburgh, but wearing a black and gold shirt talking about Iron City. And this then, is the Iron City. There's and, Iron City beer, like Iron City light, like. You that's know. Pittsburgh all day. That is no other city. You cannot mince that. And that's his best friend right there talking talking Pittsburgh. Best friend. A show that he goes on every single week. And, like, kind of, he's pretty brutally honest on the show. Mm-hmm. Like, during the whole COVID thing, he, he came out. He hide much. During the whole COVID thing, he came out and was just <clears throat> spewing. Like, he was not, he wasn't, it wasn't your typical interview where it's like, you know, gives a generic, like, quarterback response. It's right. like, he's not giving the Mac Jones press conference where it's like, how he goes, well, you know, the coaching was good. We ran the football. I was just making the throws, like, to the to the guys, getting the playmakers the ball. It wasn't like that. Like, he goes on there and is brutally honest. And he's, you know, he's leaving the door open for it. That's certain. He is. Um, and, and nevertheless, we will have uh, we will have fun with, with speculating everything that could, uh, could possibly go on there. But wait a minute. Okay, keep going. Keep we're going to get into our... Um, reviewing the rest yeah, of the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to review so, the rest of the Sunday games. I'm just like going through... I just realized right now, we had a killer week. A killer week. Okay, so we both said Vikings on Thursday. They win. We both said Dallas. They won. Okay. Um, then we both said Kansas City won decisively. <laughs> Tennessee, we both said Tennessee. They won by 20. How about the uh, New Orleans Saints? Oh, they won by 21 points. Um, we both said Seattle. They beat Houston by 20 as well. We both said Denver over Detroit. Kind of, I mean, obviously, but they win by 28. We both said Tampa Bay over Buffalo. They win 
We both said San Fran over Cincy. They won. Green Bay over Chicago. They won. We both said the cards, so we, we lost there, and then we were split one and one on. So, so we each went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 12 and 2. Both of us won 12 and 2. 12 and 2. That is a beautiful week. So I know technically I lost, but I mean like I still feel good. Like right so like I was, I'm not I'm not like discouraged in my ability to pick football games. Like we're picking really good games right now. 86%. We're both humming. Now I know you're ahead in the standings just cuz that tiebreaker, but we're both humming right now. Oh yeah. We're on our we're on our A game right now. I mean, you come on, have now. to be. Come on, now. Be. I mean, this race is heating up. We got like 200 bucks on the line. Like, let's go. Yeah, I mean, we we predicted some good football games. Now, like I said, there were some games where you're like, weren't the toughest picks this week, right? <laughs> like Casey over Vegas, easy. Jacksonville's gonna lose, easy. The Jets will lose, easy. I mean, Houston's not winning. Detroit's not winning. We know Chicago is going to lose, right? So there were some easy picks in there. But also, like, we hit on that Buffalo-Tampa. Those are ones that could swing either way. Cincinnati-San Fran could have swung either way. We did miss on the Rams. But, I mean, it's not, like, shocking that the Rams played a good football game. That's a well-coached team with a lot of talent. Sean McVay, I would never doubt him. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, we kind of went over the big games. We kind of just reviewed all the other games. But... Um, so some interesting like games that I would look at. Let's let's talk about that Rams game a little bit. That's a game yeah. obviously prime time. Two teams that are should be competing for the NFC. You know we're going to see them here come late January. They're they're going to be competing for an NFC championship, right? Well, the, I mean both teams played okay. I think the issue for the Cardinals they just didn't control the ball enough. Uh, well, no, they had the ball, but they didn't. I didn't think they established, like, a running game, and they turned oh, they, the ball over a little bit. They never really established a tempo whatsoever. Like they, were tell, kinda, they were kind of playing on Rams time all night. They, like, weren't, yeah, they weren't in, like, a rhythm offensively to the point where, like, you're like, oh, they'll go out there, at least get three first downs, give themselves a chance to get in a field goal range. Like, it was just choppy all night. And they still had 447 yards total offense, and it was choppy. Yeah. Like, that blows my mind. So they, the issue was the, uh, the two interceptions from Kyler. I think that hurt because you look at – you look at the Rams, almost no penalties. They had no turnovers. And then you look at uh, Arizona, they had more penalties, more turnovers, right? So, honestly, I think it came down to, fundamentally, I think L.A. just played a better football game. They were ripping almost seven yards of play. Um, they had less total drives, and they scored more. Uh, so, just like they were more efficient. It was a more efficient, clean football game for L.A. Yeah. I don't think... It, Arizona played that poorly. They just had a couple mistakes, and they took advantage. It's um, a well-coached football team that took advantage. Yeah, two things that I took away from this game. Number one is that early on in the first quarter, Kyler missed a lot of throws that he should have had. He had a wide-open guy in the end zone, wide open. DeAndre Hopkins dropped the ball that he should have had. There were a couple throws that were that he was pushing outside the numbers that went a little high over their head. He just wasn't in it yet. He was kind of throwing off his back foot. Balls were sailing on him. That's the first takeaway I had. Second... When he did start to throw those picks, and even when they were just going, you know, starting to get into that stretch where it was a lot of three and outs, or yeah. even just one, two first downs, and yeah. then a tur- or not a turnover, but just a punt. Yeah. They're giving their defense a very little time to rest on the sideline. Uh, their defense was on the field, make a big stop against a big LA offense, and then they're on the sideline for like three to four minutes and then it's okay get back out there we just you know we couldn't possess the ball for long enough go do it again and when you give a team like la that many chances against a defense like arizona arizona has a great defense and they did a good job holding them to under 30 points especially when la has the ball that often like at 30 yeah, Yeah. yeah so i mean 
I, when, just... when you give a team that many shots against you, it, it's tough to win. That's the number one and two things that I took away from that. Yeah, I, I'm with you here. So, like, we, we forget that Kyler's still, he's like, th- this is his third year. Like, he's still growing, right? Mm-hmm. He's still going to have some games where he does miss some throws. I remember that, like, that Dallas game, people were, like, flipping out. He had a real nice throw down the field. He was 9 for 27, right? That was, like, I think last year. Like, or maybe two years ago. You still see some games where it's like, oh, he's still growing a little bit, right? He's wildly talented, but he's not going to be completely perfect every game. He's still a young quarterback. He's still growing a little bit, although he's doing it at an insane rate. And even if still growing, he's still wildly talented, so he's really, really productive. But he still has some games where he's going to miss some throws. He's not going to be perfect. And he didn't have a bad game by any stretch this week either. He played really well. He just got off to a little bit of a slow start. And sometimes that slow start can get come back to bite you in the end. And when you can't convert some of those third downs, you know that that's a problem sometimes. It was just the mistakes. It was the two picks, honestly. He was wildly productive outside of that. But it was the two picks that were rough. Um, yeah, like I don't think this. I don't think this condemns the Cardinals. Like no. I, I think so. They're still a good football team. Kyler just didn't play all that well. That's all. Yep. Like he still has some games where he, you know he just doesn't. He's not having an A plus game like it's you would expect. Not fully clicking almost. yet. Yeah, not yeah. fully, but it's it's like right there. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, honestly, I think we've we've covered pretty much every important game. Like I'm yeah. not going over Tennessee beating Jacksonville twenty to nothing. No, yeah. Boring game between two teams that are pretty limited. Uh, yep. Yeah, so overall. Decent weekend of football. The early window had great some blowouts. Picks. Great picks. Great for us. picks. Um, we love to see it. Um, so, but I want to talk about one thing real quick to kind of wrap this segment up. I said I don't know when. I don't have this dated, but I do have it written on this post. I know right here. Golf 2019, Josh Allen 2021, because that's when each of them got paid. Right. I came out and said, I go. Uh, like, be careful. I do like Josh Allen. He's a more talented quarterback than Jared Goff. There's no doubt about that. And right, and the stats will still back it up. I'm not. I'm not trying to say that they don't, but there are some things that worry me a little bit. Right, you're seeing some similar. That I said, be careful paying Josh Allen the bag early, right? Because he had a choppy start. Finally, figures it out for a year. Seems like it's a little bit premature to give him a, the bag after one really good year. Like maybe wait. They pay him anyway, and we see quarterbacks that get paid early. Kind of, it's backfired a little bit. Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, right? It can happen. I said, be careful. So let's look at, I said, give me, you know, after after this season. So it's not quite this season, but it's just like a developing thing to keep your eye on. Uh, Jared Goff in 2020, right after he got paid. And then Josh Allen 2021, right after he got paid. So you're looking at Goff, 20 touchdowns, 13 picks, 90 passer rating, 67% completion percentage, and 264 yards a game. So that's after he got paid. Before, they were both, you know, really, really good quarterbacks. Jared Goff was a top 10 quarterback. Um, that's why they paid him big, because he was a really good quarterback that year, uh, the year before, right? Um, so 2020 comes out just a completely mediocre year last year from Jared Goff. Now, I'm not saying Josh Allen's having that bad of a year, because statistically, he is having a better year. He's having at least a more productive year. But the Bills aren't winning as much. So you have to factor that in, right? The Bills aren't winning as much, and he's, so he's 28 touchdowns, 11 picks so far. So he's going to end up being way more productive on the touchdown side. He'll probably end up with more picks. He's got, what, four games left? And he's already at 11 picks. Goff had 13. Keep your eye on it. Completes 66 percentage throws, so a percentage less. Negligible, but similar, that's for sure. And 271 yards a game. So produ- uh, productivity-wise, they're about the same. Now Josh runs a little more, provides a little more with his legs, and he has a 96 pass rating, which is six ticks higher than Goff. I'm not saying he's having as bad of a year as Goff did right after they got paid. 
But if you factor in that they're not winning as much, that Tampa Bay game, he looked lost. Even in the press conference after, he said, they were just throwing some coverages and some blitzes that just, I was overwhelmed. Like, basically, he said that in a nutshell. He's like, they were they were doing change blitzes, what he called them, otherwise known as fire blitzes, when you bring in a DB. Mm-hmm drop out like a lineman or like an edge rusher right. into coverage like in the flat or you know in the just kind of like right almost like another linebacker behind the right, line to, to, right. to fill the run or get that spy on the quarterback yeah. just in case he takes off right so it's called a change or a fire blitz and he was saying that they were bringing a lot of that it confused him a little bit right so there's some issue with josh allen saying clearly you gave him the big bag right which means he's got at sometimes put a team on his back and say let's go boys now i don't know if it's the play calling or what He's not running the football as efficiently as he did when he was, you know, rookie year, second year guy, right? Kind of relying on his legs a little bit. Yeah. I get that you don't want your $40 million a year quarterback to be running at every play, but if it's third and six, we need a big scamper from you, bud, and it just hasn't been there. Mm-hmm. Like, it hasn't been there for Josh Allen. Like, yeah, he's he's a fine throw of the football, but he's never been the most accurate guy. He's never been – he's always had a massive arm, right? Never been the most refined thrower of the football, though. Beautiful release, beautiful motion, cannon of an arm. Hasn't been the most refined drop-back passer, so he does make some mistakes. Doesn't complete the highest percentage of throws like Kyler and them. Like, the top guys are up around 71, 72 this year. He's down around 66. Still a good still a good rating. Not terrific. 96 passer rating. It's good, not great. Good, not special. So, I just be careful, because once that contract starts kicking in, He's got to put more on his back. Now, I'm not saying he can't do it, and I'm not trying to say that he is Jared Goff post-contract, but there's some similarities that concern me. I said this about six months ago. I, th- I think it was probably around the same time I made that Derek Carr thing. Mm-hmm. Within the last year, I said that, and I said, just be careful, and we're starting to see a little bit develop. Not there yet. I think he's, like I said, more talented, definitely. Has better pieces around him, I think, right now than Jared Goff does. They're not the same guy. But it, there, there are some similarities. There are some areas where he's very similar. Completes less percent of throws. Probably going to have more picks. Yards per game is about the same. Not using his legs to his strength, which is kind of one of the reasons why we like Josh Allen so much because he's a freak of nature running the football. And he's not taking advantage of that. So there's some things that, that concern me a little bit with Josh Allen. Some to keep your eye on. That, that's kind of all I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, the, the only thing with that, too, that I have to add is, you know, Buffalo is... I think a little too Josh Allen reliant. Depending, I think it's actually hurting him. Like, it, it, I, I think opportunities are actually hurting him. I think he needs less burden on him. I mean, you can only be leaned on so much as a starting quarterback in this league. You're already trying to do so many things. The pressure of an entire organization is something that players need to learn how to deal with, but also teams need to recognize and kind of help alleviate some of that pressure off their starting quarterbacks uh, to, you know, avoid that, to avoid burnout, to make sure you're getting the most out of the guy that you're paying, you know, millions of dollars. So Like tens of millions, like yeah. almost a half a million dollars. Like he's going to be making, and the thing, the thing is scary, they're putting this on his back now. He, the big contract hasn't even kicked in yet. No. Like, so... We're kind of seeing the same thing with Mahomes, too, a I mean, little bit. Yeah, you're seeing, statistically speaking, like you're looking at, you know, contract breakdowns and what percent of the cap you take um, and how it equals to, like, what percent of the production you need to provide. Yeah. It's only, like, he's only going to need to produce more. Like, it's it's not, like, the burden on him, statistically speaking, with his contract isn't going to go down. It's, it's gonna not going to go down. And we're already seeing some issues when the burden is this high on him. Now, like I said, super talented, super coachable, has been making massive leaps almost every year, right? So I, I don't think that he's going to have as 
tough of a downward spiral as golf will. But it's interesting. It's interesting. It's something to keep your eye on. It is. It, it piques my interest. It's a bit fascinating, if you will. Yep. Uh, that's all we got for this segment. Come back. We will be predicting Thursday, Saturday, and giving you a little update on the MVP race, Defensive Player of the Year, where people stand. Don't go anywhere. What's up, guys? It's the uh, boys here from The Issue. We just wanted to give the guys over at Rockville a formal shout-out. Yeah, they are fantastic. They have everything from lighting to audio for your car, your boat, and power sports, along with, you know, that's even where we got our new equipment for the studio. Yeah, no, absolutely. For some great equipment, um, hit up Rockville Audio. Check out their great prices um, for all your audio, uh, podcast, microphone needs. Turn the microphones back on. Segment three of the issue on a... Yeah, it's working, it's working, we're good. More than perfect Wednesday, the 15th of December. We're like halfway through now. Basically, 31st is the end, so 15 would be about halfway. Um, hope you guys are doing good. Third segment on the way. Got our predictions coming up. Should be a good one. Uh, Thursday and Saturday this week, there we got games. are interesting games. This Thursday night game is going to be one of the top Thursday night games of the year. You got KC going to SoFi, Justin Herbert and the Chargers, divisional game at home, LA, Thursday night, prime time. Going to be a good one. That, that's going to be a really, really good game. And then what, Saturday we have Vegas at Cleveland, and then the New England at Indianapolis is going to be a very interesting game, 820 at Indianapolis. So, you know, that helps a little bit. I think if Indy's going to New England, I think that's a wrap. But since it's in Indianapolis, Indy can kind of run the football. It's going to be interesting. I don't know. It'll be good. It'll be interesting. I can't wait for the week of football. Um, you know, Thursday will be good. Saturday should be pretty solid as well. And then getting into our Sunday games, we'll be predicting those on our Saturday episode that we will have for there, you guys. There's some decent games. you got Green Bay at Baltimore. Even though Seattle's not playing all the well, I think them against the uh, the Rams is going to be an interesting game. Yeah, we will. Tennessee-Pittsburgh uh, might not be the most beautiful game. It's going to be kind of choppy, I'm guessing, because Tannehill's I not that so. good. Ben's not that good. But... They're, it's going to be competitive. It's going to be a close game. Tennessee's favored by two right now. Yeah, we will uh, preview all those Sunday games on our Saturday episode, so make sure you guys are coming back for that. But without further ado, let's get into our Thursday night predictions for the NFL. I still don't even know. Okay, so we have uh, the Kansas City Chiefs at the Chargers. Casey's favored by three and a half. I really don't know right now. I think the way Justin Herbert's playing, it's so hard to bet against him. Every time I do, it burns me. But that KC defense has let up 10 or fewer points in four out of their last five football games. What's the line? 10 or fewer. KC's favored by three and a half. So it's got the hook on there. That is so tough. Like, that's so tough. Um, Like I said, the Chiefs defense is playing out of their mind, but so is Justin Herbert. But then again, Patrick Mahomes just, I don't think he got fully out of his slump, but had a really good game against the Raiders. Can he duplicate it? Maybe. He's an MVP level caliber quarterback, right? All that. It's so hard. I don't know. Do you have any idea? Get ready to write it down. Um, I think this is going to come down to who has the better run game in this. Because both quarterbacks can do it through the air. That's not the question. I think both of these quarterbacks have a great passing game. I mean, the the Kansas City defense isn't that great in the secondary. Neither is the Chargers defense. I think kind of both quarterbacks will have a bit of a field day almost. 
but I think it's going to come down to who can stop the run and who's going to be able to run through the other one's freaking mouth. Um, and for that, I like the Chargers. I'm going Chargers too. I, I, it's a, it's an interesting one we could have split on, but I wrote it down actually right after you said who's going to run the football. KC can't run the ball. They can't. They're I very think, one-dimensional. I, I think Eckler's going to do some things, even some things that aren't necessarily the run game, but kind of an extension of the run game where they swing Eckler out a little bit and you know get him the, involved. Hit him in the flat. And... Right. I think whoever's going to utilize the backs more is the thing, you know. Just keep the offensive line going forward, not backwards all the time. It's complimentary football. Uh, a guy like I like Trent Dilfer a lot. He's got a podcast, Beyond the X's and O's, really, really good. Um, he talks about a lot. Complimentary football is so important. It is so important. And be able to run the football and control the clock a little bit. And I know KC's defense is playing really good, but Herbert's torching everybody. I'm not sure it's going to matter. Yeah. And I, like, you look at KC's defense, who they've been playing. I'm not sure they're playing teams that like. They're not. They're not really shutting out teams. You're like, oh, they held the Raiders to nine points. It's the Raiders. They held the Broncos with Teddy Bridgewater to nine points. Now holding the Cowboys to nine is good, but then you look deeper. And they were missing Amari Cooper. They were missing Tyron Smith. Uh, their backs were banged up. Dak was still coming back. He was a little bit banged up, right? They then held the Raiders to 14. Holding the Packers to 7, you'd think impressive. Nope, that was Jordan Love game. So, sounds about right. Uh, then you hold the Giants to 17. So, it's like the the past couple games, I think it's, it's a little bit of a misnomer to say that they've been, you know, shutting out great teams. Like, their defense is playing out of their mind. They haven't played a caliber guy like Justin Herbert. Like, they just haven't played that type of guy yet. Or, or any type Herbert, of offense that... Herbert that, shreds them, I think. Any type of offense that operates like like the Chargers do. I, I think they haven't seen it yet, and I don't think their defense holds up well. I'll go LAC. I think that if this is in Arrowhead, if this is in Kansas City, I'm going Kansas City. Yeah. But I'm going to go with the Chargers, and I'm definitely going to go with the Chargers to cover three and a half. Um... At bare minimum, I would bet that. At bare minimum, as an underdog, this would be one of my favorite lines. They're plus three and a half. This would be one of my favorite lines to like go with that. the Chargers. I like that. All right, let's go with the uh, Vegas Raiders going to Cleveland. Now, Cleveland's got a lot of guys. I don't even know if, who they're going to be starting at quarterback. I think Case Keenum might start. Baker's on the COVID list. They're missing their two top offensive linemen to the COVID list. Whoop. Um, I want to say David Njoku's on the COVID list. Austin Hooper's on the COVID list. Who's going to be starting a tight end? I don't know how many other weapons are healthy. Um, there's some defensive pieces that are missing. They're missing like 11 guys at the COVID list right now. I don't know who's going to be starting a quarterback. I'm still going to go Cleveland. I get Top to bottom, they're still a better football they're team, even game. missing all those guys. They're going to be able to out-time a possession them. I'll, I'll also take Cleveland. Um, you, you don't bet against the best backfield in the NFL. Uh, I, Even though the NFL has turned more towards a passing league and, and the big play offense. It's December I, it's, in Cleveland. It's really hard to beat the best running game in the NFL in Cleveland when it's cold in December at home. They got the, the fans and the fans for Cleveland have been so energized over the past yeah. three years oh, yeah. and, and good reason to be. I mean, they beat the Steelers finally in the playoffs at Heinz field. Like even though a lot of things didn't go there, like, Pittsburgh shot themselves in the foot in that game, yes. But it revitalized that entire city, that entire fan base. A home game in December, best running game, physical football team. I yeah, like Cleveland. I, I think you, also you go back to last year, um, Vegas in the cold. It was like it was a cold, I don't know if it was December, it might have been November. Like a cold game in Cleveland. The Raiders went to Cleveland, and I think they put up like six points, right? They were completely anemic. 
And that team I thought was better than this this Raiders team. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really sure the Raiders are going to be able to do anything on offense, and they can't really stop anyone. I mean, the Chiefs just put up 48. I think even with Case Keenum, I've said this before, Case and Baker are more similar quarterbacks than they are dissimilar. Case might be worth, Big Baker might be worth one more point if you're talking lines. I don't think the line even moved if Case is the starting quarterback. I'll go Cleveland. All right, let's go New England. At Indianapolis, this is the night game on Saturday. So, like I said, interesting that it's in Indy. I think it gives Indy a shot to win. I think it it does. I don't think they will. If it's in New England, I think I'm taking New England all day. New England's favored... Sorry, Indianapolis is favored by two points. If this is in New England, I think it's a no-brainer. But it being in Indianapolis is interesting. They're going to try to run the football with Jonathan Taylor. I'm not sure Bill Belichick lets that happen. Um... (laughs) And Carson Wentz is still reckless, which means he could be forced into some mistakes. That's a completely Belichick thing to do. Look what he does against Sam Darnold. And we kind of think Carson Wentz is definitely a better version of Sam Darnold, but they're both reckless quarterbacks. That Belichick owns reckless quarterbacks. I'm, I am going to go New England as well. And again, for betting lines, New England is a two-point dog. Love that bet. Love that bet. Those two underdog bets in these Love early that. games this week, I would definitely hammer those. We're not going to be able to get an issue mic'd up episode out this week, but those are two bets to keep your eyes on and, and definitely go ahead and, and yeah. throw some money on. I'll go I'll go New England as well. So uh, not split on anything so far. I think Sunday might split us a little bit. I think that's going to be an interesting, interesting Sunday. Um, but yeah, so those are our bets for Saturday. So we'll go with or our, our picks, I guess. So we'll go with the Chargers um, at home against the Chiefs, Cleveland at home, and New England on the road at Indianapolis in the nightcap on Saturday. Not sure why they're Saturday games, but I'm never going to complain about being more about football. having more football, right, on more days of football. More days of football equal better days. <laughs> so um, getting around that time where MVP talk is really starting to, to, to heat up a little bit. Who? So I'm going to give you my top three right now and I'll see what you think about it. My top three for MVP today would be Tom Brady, number one. Okay. I think Aaron Rodgers, number two. I think TJ Watt is number three. I, I, I really, I do think he is that impactful of a player. This is the most valuable player. TJ Watt is, he could account for at least three wins right now as a defensive player. He is a complete game disruptor. I mean, he's unblockable. He's unblockable. He'll run through your face, or he'll run right around you. He is the fastest as rusher in the league. Ferocious. He can stop the run. He can get after the passer. He's got 13 and a half seconds. People talk about Micah Parsons for a defensive player of the year. Are you out of your mind? Are you watching the same game I am? Micah Parsons has 11 sacks. Tackles for losses are almost half of what TJ... Like, I don't understand. What do you think about... Let's just start with MVP. What do you think about my MVP, top three? And and what is your top three MVP? I I like it. Um, I think Tom Brady, for me, would be number two. I would switch Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. uh, Because you look at... when When you're assessing value, what does it look like when that player isn't there? Um, I think obviously that gap is huge if they were missing Tom Brady, but I think the talent, the overall talent of Aaron Rodgers, he's the best player in the league. He is by far the most, he he changes the game. He's at the most important position. So is Tom Brady, but you look at what happens when Aaron Rodgers was out. Jordan Love comes in. 
what happens? They put up one touchdown. Yeah. One. One. It's okay. not the same game when, when Aaron Rodgers is out. It's simply he holds so much value. My top three would be Aaron Rodgers, and then I would go Tom Brady and mm, I would say T.J. Watt, would. it's really hard to keep T.J. Watt out of that equation because you look at what happened when he wasn't in the game with Pittsburgh, when he missed that week, yeah. and then even the following week when he had to be pulled and taken out because of the groin injury. It, it was a completely different Pittsburgh defense when he's not there. So, here, just so, okay, so who you said your number one was Aaron, then two Tom, and then you could argue three for T.J. Watt. Any other names come to mind? I'm thinking like Herbert or Kyler, but Kyler, Kyler missing time. Kyler I'm not sure. popped into my head, and then he kind of had a down week, and he and still kind of shows some flashes. He was here hurt and there. for like three weeks. Right. The only other player that I was considering was actually going to be a running back, either Fournette recently. I- I don't think MVP, but I mean, like, you could argue that value, value the wise, most valuable, you could argue it. And Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb has been amazing. He's and, been really good. He's been probably the biggest spark of energy on that Cleveland offense, those on that Cleveland some, team. Those would be some dark horse picks. Um, okay, defensive player of the year. I hear people talking about Micah Parsons for not only defensive player of the year, for MVP. Come on. MVP. Come on. Come on. How is T.J. Watt, this is the second year, if he doesn't get Defensive Player of the Year, this will be the second year in a row that he is completely gypped. And they're also talking about Miles Garrett. That's utterly ridiculous. Hold up, let me throw Miles Garrett in this loop real quick. Okay, because I, I have a big comparison here thing. Um, okay, get results. Let's look at all three side by side by side. What? No, yeah, I mean... Okay, well, it won't let me... Okay, right here. Well, it, won't, it won't let me go all three, but it'll give me two. So... Micah Parsons versus T.J. Watt. They have the actual... Okay, so Micah Parsons has one more tackle for loss. I'm sorry. But in two less games, T.J. Watt has 16 sacks. Micah, in two more games, has 12 sacks. T.J. Watt has four forced fumbles and two fumble recoveries. Micah has zero fumble recoveries and three forced fumbles. As an edge rusher, T.J. Watt is significantly more unblockable. I mean, I get Micah. I get Micah is. He's a good player, very, very good. Definitely should be a rookie of the year, absolutely, and definitely in the conversation for defensive player of the year. But to sit here and not give T.J. Watt his credit is absolutely ridiculous. In eleven games, the man has sixteen sacks. Oh, and in the one game that he had it, he was out for three quarters of it. So in ten and a quarter games, he has sixteen sacks. Say that out loud. It's crazy. And, and there's nobody, like, he is getting double-teamed almost every single play. Mm-hmm. And then to sit here and say, Miles Garrett, right? So let's look at, let's look at Miles Garrett compared to T.J. Watt. That, that, that's not even, no. Like, no. I don't know. So who are your defensive player of the year right now? Uh, T.J. Watt. I think Miles Garrett and Micah Parsons, you know, are going to definitely be the guys fighting for it. I mean, when you look at, like, the finalists for it, they should definitely be finalists but the winner tj watt by far i mean you look at his sacks yeah but think about it the timeliness of his sacks and tackles for loss and forced fumbles and fumble recoveries as soon as the steelers need a turnover in that big moment where he's where you know he's getting double teamed 
right? Those big third downs where you know they're going to put everybody on him so that he doesn't get there and sack the quarterback on like third and five. He finds a way to get in the backfield and sack the quarterback on third and five. It, it, he does it without – it seems so easy for him to get in the backfield. Once again, Miles Garrett, two more games. Again, 13 games played. T.J. Watt only, I, I would argue, closer to 10 games of actual – Playing time. Yes. Miles Garrett has 15 sacks in two, arguably three more games than T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt has 16. Miles Garrett has 15. T.J. Watt has more forced fumbles, more fumble recoveries. He has more sacks per game. He has more fumbles forced per game. He has more tackles. He has more tackles for loss. They actually both have 15. The, the, the sacks and the tackles for loss are the exact same number for both of them. TGS 16, Miles Garrett 15. They hit the quarterback at pretty much the exact same rate. Garrett has 28 quarterback hits. TJ Watt has 27 again in three less games. I also think TJ Watt's just a just a better leader of the defense too, just a better defensive captain. I mean, don't With, don't get me wrong, I'm not taking anything away from Miles Garrett or Micah Parsons, but that dude TJ Watt has a presence. That dude, he has he's life. he's he such a leader. Life and energy. into the defense. He's a, he's the spark plug of that defense. When TJ Watt gets a sack and when he starts hyping up that crowd, it goes nuts. And that Pittsburgh defense plays so much better when he's in. I, I think TJ Watt's a no-brainer. If he gets gypped again, I, I will be upset. Yeah. Thoroughly upset. Yep. Um, I, I don't understand how you could argue that the TJ Watt isn't Defensive Player of the Year. And like Big Ben said, he should be getting MVP looks. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. If he gets to 20 sacks and you don't give him Defensive Player of the Year, someone needs fired Shame immediately. On you. The, Shame committee on needs, you. the com- uh, committee needs fired. All of them. All of them. Um, if you're looking at Offensive Player of the Year, I don't really know. Um, Jamar Chase is a pretty good option, yeah. especially for Offensive Rookie of the Year. That's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Offensive Player of the Year, Cooper Cup probably. Cooper Cup is looking probably great. Cooper Cup. Yeah. I mean, he's been unbelievable. Um, but MVP, I, I like I said, I think Tom and Aaron are number one and two on most people's lists. Mm-hmm. The old guys. <laughs> Funny, we have so many young, Great insane, electric quarterbacks. Yeah, and it's the two old guys sitting there at the top of the MVP looks. Just been doing it for so long. Um pretty much all we got. Yeah, that's about all we have. I mean, that was a pretty long episode, so if you made it all the way through to hear our MVP banter, then uh, we appreciate it. Congratulations. And since you've already made it, go, go over to the uh, socials, the underscore issue podcast on Instagram, the issue podcast on Twitter. Um, no, like, thanks for stopping by. Like, Saturday, we will give you the Sunday predictions. Obviously, um, the, the Saturday games won't be all finished up by the time we record. We might be able to give you some... Um, some feedback on that early window game, but definitely we'll talk about the Thursday night game. And uh, like I said, predict for Sunday. So we appreciate you stopping by, and that was the issue.